Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. If you've taken a peek at the interest rate you're earning in your savings account, you've probably shed a tear or two. It feels like any savings account in this low interest environment is doomed to earn very little interest, even in high yield savings accounts. But what about crypto savings accounts? 
they're earning on average between 4 and 12% interest. Sounds interesting. In this episode, Robert Farrington, the founder of The College Investor, is breaking down everything you need to know about crypto savings accounts. Are they hype or are they the best place for your savings? You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shauna Compton-Game, where we flip the script on the old school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week, Shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world about money wellness, entrepreneurship, traveling like a boss, and what makes millennials tick. Unique stories, trailblazing perspectives, tips, tricks, and everything there is to know about money. Find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live. Pretty cool, right? Here's Shauna, money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado. Welcome, friend. So glad to have you here on this episode. I got to tell you, I was so looking forward to this one. I had been reading so much about crypto savings accounts and wanted to really know the ins and outs because I love this idea, of course, of earning more interest. Higher interest is always better. But there's still a lot to crypto that I just really don't know or certainly couldn't explain to somebody if I if I really had to. That always makes me really nervous. I like to feel some level of comfort where my money is. And savings, after all, is supposed to be liquid, meaning you can grab it anytime you need it. So I just didn't really know how to think about this. And Robert's been a guest on this show many times in the past. And while we're usually talking about student loans, Robert has become a bit of an expert at crypto and crypto savings. He even featured this amazing article about crypto savings accounts on his site, The College Investor. So naturally, I had to have him on the show. This is going to be a great one. I'm Shauna Compton-Game. This is Millennial Money. Here we go. Robert, it's so good to have you back on the podcast. We have had quite a wild year the last year. How have things been for you? It's been great. Thanks so much for having me back. Uh, I'm excited to chat today. There are so many things I want to talk to you about. Uh, We're going to get to talking about crypto savings account, which is the reason why all of us are here. But you covered so many different topics on the College Investor site. And and just thinking about what we've been through over the last year and uh, money-wise, there's been a lot of different changes. Have there been any really like popular topics that people are really resonating with? Yeah. I mean, I think the big thing is like it really just, you can, I see the real divergence in our country on the college investor. I think we have a lot of people that are struggling. So between unemployment benefits and student loan benefits and all the craziness around tax season and how to get my refund and all these new tax credits, (laughs) there's a lot of people that need help. But on the flip side, there's a lot of people as well that are looking to take advantage of the amazing economic recovery and all all the stuff that's going on in the investing world and crypto and all these different things where we're seeing, you know, whole new asset classes being created. And so, uh, yeah, we see both ends of it. And it's just been a wild ride to, to see how it's all shaken out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there are these two different dichotomies. I mean, and it is, it is quite stark. It's, it's just a really interesting, I think, fascinating time that we're in. 
Uh, and and crypto, you talked about crypto. That's what we're going to talk about today. And it feels like even people that know nothing about crypto, somehow they're having crypto conversations. <laughs> and uh, I get a lot of questions about, I don't even know what crypto is, but somehow I feel like I should be in it. Uh, and and I was on your on your site and you have so many great articles and I found one on crypto savings accounts, which really excited me. And I thought, okay, we've got to talk about this because we all know that we need some savings and, and we talk about high yield savings accounts, but the reality in this environment is there is nothing that is really high yield savings. But when you looked at crypto savings accounts, there is a much higher yield than whatever we're getting in our, in our savings account. So let's just start at the, at the basics. What is a crypto savings account? Well, I think you kind of have to back up even before that, right? So like, what's cryptocurrency? I feel like we've all touched on it at some point in time, right? But, you know, it's this it's this computer generated money and store of value. And um, I think when you're talking about crypto- sounds crazy to say, right? It's just right. com computer generated money. Exactly. It's a computer generated token, coin, you know, vehicle. And, you know, a lot of people are feeling like it has a store of value. I mean, you can, you know, you see people arguing both sides of it. But I think it's important to note that there are over a thousand tokens and coins. So you might hear about Bitcoin all the time. You've probably heard about Ethereum in the last year. You might have even heard of things like US dollar coin or Doge or other things, but there's a thousand of these. And some of them have practical uses on the internet. Um, Ethereum, for example, has a cool feature that allows for what's known as smart contracts. And so you have this thing, this computer generated token that can automatically run certain contracts for you, which has a lot of practical mm -hmm. uses. Um, but you know, you have things like Bitcoin that you know, they don't do a whole lot. It's very much like digital gold. It just, it sits there. Um, the one thing that Bitcoin has going for it, though, is it's very secure. The technology is is proven. Like, we all know who owns XYZ Bitcoin. We don't necessarily know it's your name attached to it. But like, we know that that Bitcoin belongs to somebody. It's on the ledger. It's public knowledge. Um, and so there's a lot of practical uses that are emerging from this stuff. Now, the question is, is, is it worth what it's worth? We don't know. You know, anyone can argue both sides to that. But because there's practical uses, um, there is the ability to save it, earn interest on it. And of course, how you're earning the interest on it is that institutions are lending it to other people that are in turn using it for these practical applications and money. And that's how it all kind of reverts back to these crypto savings accounts that you might have seen these crazy interest rates on. Yeah. And you even mentioned like some of the uses for like Ethereum and uh, Bitcoin. And I've even seen Dogecoin people, I think there are certain, I, my memory is failing me, of course, at this like right, right at this moment. But I know there are a lot of ways that you can actually use it to pay for uh, trips and travel expenses and things like that, like all sorts of different ways that we never even thought were possible. And so I would imagine, I don't know, you know more about this, but I would imagine that uh, as this sort of trickles out and more and more people get in cryptocurrency, there are more uh, ways we can use cryptocurrency for things we do on, on just like an everyday basis. Yeah. And that's the hard part is that, you know, for it to actually be quote unquote money, it has to be like very easily transactable, right? Like, could I go right. buy my coffee? Could I, you know, buy something with it and like make it fast? So 
I don't know, Jan, if you've ever used crypto or even transferred it, but like right now, Bitcoin, uh, if you want to do a Bitcoin transaction, it takes about 20 to 30 minutes to process. And so like you send this money quote unquote money, right? And you're just like in this like limbo, like, did it go through? Is it there? Did I screw up the thing? Like, is it there? And so it's very nerve wracking and it takes time. Now, when you look at our current um, financial system, right? Like you swipe your visa card and like you think that that transaction happens because it kind of does. But you know, on the back end of things, Visa is actually fronting you the money to the merchant and approving the transaction in real time, right? But like, mm-hmm. if you know, it goes into like a hold and like right. the actual transaction doesn't clear for like a day or two or three days, right? Yeah. And the, the same is true with like sending an ACH payment, right? Or you use Zelle, like it's not, nothing's instant. So Bitcoin, I would argue, is better than our current system in some ways, because like in 20 minutes, it is settled, done, 100% verifiably done transaction. There's no waiting time step, but 20 minutes is still scary. Ethereum (laughs) has moved that timeline up to a few minutes, but it's not instantaneous. But we're getting to this point now where, you know, there probably will be a crypto that enables fast transactions and things. And I think that's really what's holding back mass adoption. It's one, it's how fast can you do the transactions? And then part two is how easy can you make it for a user? And and there's services out there that are making it very easy. Coinbase, BlockFi, you know, these companies that are like Coinbase just went public, right? Like they're becoming like major institutions. And the reason they're becoming so popular is because they are literally making this complicated technological stuff super easy for just the everyday user. And what do you think happened? Because a few years ago, we had a big uh, cryptocurrency kind of surge, and then things like really just sort of died down. And then we got back into it again last year. What do you think happened? It, did technology just need to catch up? I think it's all of the above, right? It's technology, and it's also the economics of things. I think, you know, we're at this point in our economy where pretty much every asset's overvalued. Um, we're very scared of inflation. Um, and so, and, you know, we're, the, the, the world order has kind of been, you know, upended by COVID, right? And so I think things like a uh, blockchain-based currency, like a Bitcoin or Ethereum, you know, are showing potential. And that's where a lot of the value of this is being driven, like institutional money is finally like looking at this stuff. And they're kind of like, well, this is interesting. There's a lot of companies, there's a lot of things happening here. And so I think that's what's driving the value up. And it's also what's keeping the value a little higher now is that, you know, this institutional money is kind of been put into the ecosystem. Interesting. Yeah, I think when you start dissecting it, it's really fascinating. So talking about the crypto savings accounts, like what are our options in this space? Do you have any personal faves or anything we need to we need to know about? Well, so first off, you got to understand what you're getting. So they call these things crypto savings accounts. They are not savings accounts. This is not FDIC insured money. You have a full risk of losing every single dollar you put into these accounts. It could go to zero and it can go to zero like overnight. So the one thing in the cryptocurrency space is it's not like the stock market where it goes, I don't even know the hours I'm on the West Coast. So it goes what, uh, 6.30am to 1pm or whatever, whatever right. time zone you're in. Um, you know, crypto trades 24 seven, including the weekends. And so like you could go to bed on a Friday and your crypto savings accounts balance could be zero on Monday morning. Now are the odds of that high? No, but like 
Mark Cuban just a few weeks ago, you know, invested in some crypto and it went to zero, 100% went to zero. And this was Mark Cuban, probably one of the savvier, well-known crypto investors, and he lost a bunch of money. So very risky. But on the flip side, you can earn up to, you know, 4%, 6%, 8%, even 12% on your money in these crypto savings accounts. Um, And so the the best well-known ones, I guess we'll say, is BlockFi is an American-based company. Uh, They're actually backed by MasterCard. MasterCard is one of their biggest investors. Really? Uh, Mm. Yep. And so BlockFi is probably the most well-known in the United States. But uh, there's a lot of them now. Coinbase and Gemini both offer interest uh, in their... uh, on their platforms. Um, there's, you know, Hold or Not, Nexo, Celsius, Lendon, the list goes on. Um, a lot of those, though, are based overseas. Not to say that's a bad thing, but, you know, sometimes the UK laws, uh, Hong Kong and Singapore, these are, they're very much hot spots for crypto and they have very tight laws, but, you know, it's not, it's not in the US. So, you know, take that as you may. <laughs> right. Asterisk, asterisk. Um, and you mentioned FDIC. So, for someone who is not aware, walk me through, like, what does that mean that they aren't FDIC insured? So if you put money in, let's just say Chase Bank, for example, it is an FDIC insured savings account. The FDIC was created in, you know, after the great, recession and there was all these runs on the banks and the U.S. government insures your money up to $250,000 per person. And so let's just say Chase Bank literally collapsed tomorrow. Uh, Your money up to that limit, the U.S. government would literally take would insure you and protect you to make sure you don't lose anything. And, you know, honestly, they actually try to get you all your money back, of course. They, you know, like take all the bank's assets and so forth. But like you will guarantee up to that amount to not lose if the bank were to collapse. Um, and so that's the benefit, right? You, you don't earn a lot on your Chase Bank savings account or whatever FDIC insured bank you get. I think the best rates right now are like 0.6% interest. Uh, so not even 1%, but you have zero risk of loss. Um, with these crypto savings accounts, you can earn a lot more. Like we said, 6%, 11%, 12%, who knows? Um, but there is risk of total loss of your money. And so that is the big risk, but you're earning a lot more as well. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. 
Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash ETM for your extended 30-day free trial. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited, and it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince, and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy, workout-friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash etm. In those moments when money is just not moving as fast as your dreams, Earnit provides the financial momentum you need to keep moving forward. Earnit is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnit app and verify your paycheck. Then you access up to $100 a day as you work and you can leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I honestly would use Earnin in lots of different ways, but what's on my mind recently is I need a night out. I need some good tacos to sip on a few virgin margaritas and celebrate you all helping this podcast earn 26 million downloads. 
Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. Gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin' Money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talkin' Money under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Yeah, so thinking about that, I mean, obviously there's a big pro and there's a big con. Like, How do crypto savings account then factor in our overall money plan how, how what sort of role should they play you know i think they should be they're they're a risky asset like if you're looking to dip your toes into crypto i think it's a great starting point uh it's not trading right so if you feel like you just want to get in the crypto bandwagon and you have a small small percent of your portfolio you want to allocate it go for it it's a great way to get exposure to crypto without like trading or trying to understand what all these current are it's it's just a great baseline way to get started um you know it, it carries the same risks effectively uh and, but it's very easy um and it's a great entry point and you can earn a, a decent reward but i would keep it there with it in the terms of the very speculative investments, this is about as speculative as it gets. Not totally speculative, like trading crypto, but it's like a notch below it. Um, it's very akin to, I would say, investing in penny stocks or you know that level of risk for your portfolio. Do you envision that crypto evolves to a place where maybe there aren't those levels of risk? Or is the reason that it's so attractive and like the shiny object right now is that there actually is that much risk and there's that much reward potential. And that's what it is. It's there's a lot of reward because of this risk level. Now, I think the the crypto marketplace has moved a long way in terms of these companies like BlockFi and Coinbase are there, you know, you don't get FDIC insurance, but they actually are US regulated entities. So they're based in the United States, they fall under US consumer financial protection laws. Um, so there's a lot of checks and balances. Because if you rewind the clock to like 2017, when we had this last crypto boom, there was not these laws and checks and balances in place. And almost every exchange was offshore. And yeah. there was a few examples where, you know, the founders of an exchange took everyone's crypto and ran away and took billions and, you know, stole everyone's money. And so I think we've minimized a lot of those risks. Now, are they at zero? Of course not. But, you know, having U.S. regulated entities, um, you're minimizing a lot of the operational risk of the exchange. You still have the risk of the actual crypto itself, but at least of the, the companies and vehicles involved in the space, um, those are definitely becoming more solidly known how they operate, they're regulated, they're, you know, there's checks and balances on the system. And so I think that's a big win um, versus the past. How long, I'm curious, how long have you been interested slash investing, whatever, whatever extent you're doing in, in crypto? Like what got you, what got you excited about it? Are there any 
lessons that you've learned in the crypto space? Yeah, you know, I've been writing about it and following the space since probably 2015, 2016. And the reason that we got interested in it is because people, our readers were interested in it, right? It wasn't even something that I'm in. I still view it as a very speculative investment. I actually have a, a good amount of crypto, but, you know, really from fiddling and playing and trying out and seeing how things work and trying to understand it for our readers is how I have it. And I'm just kind of holding it. I don't, I don't view it as an investment. I kind of like, I have all this money here that we've been fiddling with and trying like, Believe it or not, every platform we review, like we actually put money in, we see how all their operations really? go. Like, wow. how, yeah, everything there. And so, honestly, you end up with like 10 accounts and all this stuff. <laughs> and so, I'm, we just kind of, I just kind of love it sit there and I'm trying to see, like, eh, you know, like if it, if it hits big, cool. Uh, right. That's a win. If it doesn't, well, you know, lesson learned. And so, um, we're very vigilant on how we review them and, and try to be accurate in that. And so that's, that's the extent of it. We fiddle with these platforms. I see how it works and, and try to be informed um, because I think it's important. I think people are interested in it, but you know, it's you, if you've opened a brokerage account, a Robinhood account, a savings account or a checking account in the last couple of years, opening a crypto account is a lot harder. Like the, it's just not as easy. It's not as seamless. Um, these companies are trying and they're getting closer all the time, but it's still a little more complicated than just, you know, opening and depositing money. It's getting close, but it's not there yet. Right. There's still a uh, work in progress. What do you think is going to happen tax wise? I mean, I know a lot of friends who have invested in crypto and made a very nice return and have kind of called me chuckling a little bit saying, well, you know, I don't, I don't have to pay tax on it. It's, it's amazing. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if, I don't know if I'd say that, or I don't know if I'd say that to me, but you know, Hey, you do you, <laughs> but well, what, what, are, what so, are your, what are your thoughts on that? Taxes on cryptocurrencies are a nightmare and it's a mess. So first off, let's just talk about it. You get this amazing yield. Let's just say you're getting 6%, right? Well, Taxes on cryptocurrencies fall under two big buckets. You're either paying capital gains taxes. If you're investing, buying, selling, or trading, you're going to pay capital gains. Um, but then also on your or your uh, your mining, your rewards, your interest on your lending, which is what these um, which is what most of these savings accounts fall under. Uh, you're paying ordinary income tax on it. <laughs> So, you know, you're, you don't get any benefits from that. And granted, if you're in a low tax bracket, that's cool. But, you know, if you're in a high tax bracket, I mean, you're in California and in a high tax bracket, you're paying 50% uh, potentially on your, you know, BlockFi interest. And so you see those gains suddenly a 6% return now is a 3% return because of taxes. Um, you know, it, it really eats away at it. Now that's still better than you get in a savings account. But you know, it's it's not as attractive. And then part two is just the actual, you know, reporting of your taxes. So you're gonna have a lot of little transactions, like it's really messy. <laughs> and if you do a lot of crypto, it can get really messy really fast. And so there's actually even services now that like will connect and pull all your data and aggregate it all for you so that you can do it. But, you know, if you're doing this for a large amount of transactions, you could be adding an additional $150, $200 a year to your tax return cost just for the prep involved in doing your taxes. Um, and so again, like, are you earning enough interest to outweigh the added costs of everything? Right. So you you really got to do your pro and con list and you really got to think about the number side of things because 
you're right. Like, are you earning this this great return? And then somehow, once it all trickles down, you're you're actually earning less or equivalent as if you would have just put your money in a high yield interest account, wiped your hand, and said, "Okay, I'm good," and not had to do any of this extra work. So it's it's really you need to be really mindful of of how you're thinking about this, right? Not just kind of jump on the FOMO bandwagon. Exactly. And again, if you're just doing a small amount and you don't care about all these headaches, like go for it. Like, but realize that it's going to complicate things Going to complicate your taxes. Uh, you could lose it all, but it, it's fascinating. There's a lot of potential, but a lot of risk, a lot of headaches. And again, I think taxes too, when you're saying how, what's the future going to hold? Like the U S really needs to look at how taxes on this work, because if you want to buy that coffee with Bitcoin, for example, that sale is a sale. So it's subject to capital gains. And then it gets transacted over to buy your coffee. And that just doesn't make sense, right? Because when you pull money out of your checking account to buy your coffee, you're not paying tax on that, you know, $5, right? But, you right. know, if you wanted to pay $5 with a Bitcoin, you know, all of a sudden you're going to that $5 to be subject to capital gains taxes. So you're going to lose 20%. So do you need to pull out $6 to, you know, pay for a $5 coffee. Oh I don't know. Right. It's just, it kind of is silly, right? Yeah. That, that just sounds like way too much of a headache. I'm kind of over here as a spectator on the side, just my own personal choice, just kind of seeing how things shake out a little bit, uh, is, is my, my sort of comfort level, but it is really interesting to see all of the rapid changes that have happened even in the last year in the crypto space. I think it's, it's, it's so interesting. And, and you're right. And that's, I was going to yeah. say, that's a smart move because honestly, the underlying technology of all this stuff, you got, everyone might have heard it's the blockchain, right? So blockchain, blockchain, what is blockchain, right? Well, blockchain is basically like a fancy public spreadsheet. It's the best way I describe <laughs> it. Like you, everyone's seen an Excel spreadsheet at this point in time. Like the blockchain is a giant fancy Excel spreadsheet, but it's public. So everyone can say like whatever A1 is on that spreadsheet, like A1 is valid. The whole world knows it's valid. And so that's the basics of this technology, except, you know, they've added that A1 is this and it's worth $20,000. And so you can add all these rows and columns and it's a giant ledger, right? So that's what's called a public ledger. It's just a giant Excel spreadsheet. Uh, but with that in mind, the potential for that technology is huge. Like I see blockchain technology, the underlying stuff for all of this, just revolutionizing financial services over the next 20 years. Um, yeah. I see all the way we we trade stocks, mutual funds. It's all going to move to a blockchain-based technology. We're going to lower costs. It's going to make things faster and more secure as a result. Um, I think it's going to just trans... This is going to happen. It's going to just trickle through all aspects of life. Um, as users, though, none of us really care. We're not going to see it. But ideally, it's going to lower costs, make things faster. Um, and I think that's what's got everyone hyped up on this is that everyone can kind of see this potential for how it's going to revolutionize things and make things faster, better and more secure. But with that, you have all these, you know, novelty products effectively that are built on top of it. And I like to view them more as tools. You know, I don't necessarily know if they're currencies or valuable, but they're definitely <laughs> tools, right? So Bitcoin is a tool. Ethereum is a tool. Like, imagine this, like if you were going to send um, money to a friend in another country, right? You could send it now through cryptocurrency, like a Bitcoin, you just send them their Bitcoin and you don't have to go and worry about like Western Union or these other third parties. You don't have to send an international wire transfer that costs hundreds of dollars and potentially you have to go to a bank to do like, it's really going to revolutionize things and it is today already. So that gives it potential. But I think we don't know how it's going to shake out. 
is Bitcoin going to be the winner? I don't know. Who knows right. what someone's developing in their basement right now, like coding, <laughs> coding away, right? Like that could be the next thing that comes out in like five, 10 years. Like I like to, you know, I'll give Gary V the credit for this, but he kind of said it that the projects we're seeing today, you know, maybe one to 5% of them are going to be, are they going to make it and they're going to be around in five years. But, you know, we don't know what's being developed now. It's kind of like the dot-com bubble in 99, 2000. You know, right. most of those companies failed, right? But you had the Amazons of the world and stuff that were starting, but they totally pivoted since then and they've made it, right? They were just a bookstore. Now they sell everything and get it to your house in two hours. <laughs> yeah. um, so like, who knows what the next company is developing? And I think waiting on the sidelines, like don't feel like you need to dive into this. You're going to be totally fine to wait and see and learn how it shakes out. Um, this is probably the future, but like on the flip side, you know, that could be a 20 year down the road future. And so you waiting for five years isn't going to change anything for you. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, and and I know just as we as we kind of rev up here, I mean, we've talked about crypto and, and what's happened to that in the, in the last year. We're we're in the summer now and you cover so many different topics on the college investor, but you know, we've got uh, student loans, you know, the deferment ending soon. We've got a lot of different money changes happening this year. But what do you think, you know, besides crypto, like what do you think are some of the smart money moves that that we should do to kind of set ourselves up from the, for the fall? Is there anything we should sort of be looking out on the horizon and thinking about? I mean, honestly, this is a great time to just get organized, see what you have and understand what's going on with your money. First off, if you haven't, um, especially when it comes to student loans and the new child tax credit that's going to start being paid monthly right right, right now when we're recording this, um, there's a lot of moving parts. And if you haven't like followed the news or, you know, done anything, I think, honestly, give yourself a Saturday afternoon, take an inventory of your finances and see like what is impacting different aspects of it. The student loan pausing is going to end on September 30th. But the other part of that is collection activity on all federal debts. Student loans is also going to resume. So if you owe back taxes, if you owe on your student loans or in default, you know, all that collection activity is going to start back up. Uh, that also could include you get your new child tax credit garnished every month. Like there's all these moving parts and taxes, student loans. I think, you know, how the stock market's doing. If you haven't rebalanced your portfolio in the last while, another area you should look at because, you know, stock markets near all-time highs again. And certain classes of stocks have done phenomenal. Others haven't. Like maybe you need to rebalance your portfolio. Uh, banking is another one. Are you still paying bank fees? Like spend a Saturday afternoon, just look at everything and see if there's anything that you can do to improve it. Because, you know, we live in this, things are moving at us fast, I guess is the best way to say it. And, you know, it's sometimes it's just nice to slow it down, think through things a little bit and, and see what you got going on. Yeah, grab a little beverage, put on some music, have some fun with it. <laughs> exactly. Well, Robert, I love to end every episode with some sort of actionable tip, idea, strategy, tool, anything that you think the Millennial Money listeners need to keep in mind when they're thinking about crypto or crypto savings accounts. Yeah, honestly, if you're going to try it, it's it's really interesting stuff. I like it. I'm nerdy on the technology. Cool thing is, is you could do all this stuff on your app. So if you're interested, Coinbase, BlockFi, Voyager, you know, not a recommendation for any of these, but these are the big players in the space. Uh, you can download the app in the app store. You can create an account. 
try it out, see what it looks like, understand all these different tokens and, and, you know, put a little bit in, I, I wouldn't recommend putting a lot in, but you know, you could at least see what it is because people are talking about it. I think it is the future. I don't know if any of those specific coins like Bitcoin are going to make it into the future, but you know, I think there's a lot of potential there and it's really, it's just becoming easier and easier to try it. And if you're interested in it, you know, give it a shot, see what it really takes. I like that. Give it a try. Well, I am going to make sure and link uh, some amazing articles about crypto savings accounts that are on your site, The College Investor. But tell everyone where they could go to connect with you and and to learn more. Yeah. So you can find us at thecollegeinvestor.com. Um, we're also on audio on your favorite podcast platform, The College Investor Audio Show. Uh, and you can find our videos on you know TikTok and YouTube as well at The College Investor. All right. So... I guess with everything, there are pros and cons. Certainly with money, there are definitely pros and cons. It was really interesting to talk to Robert and to get his input. I think I'm not quite ready to jump into crypto savings accounts just yet. I don't know. What do you think? It actually, this interview made me feel a lot better about staying a little bit of a distance from cryptocurrency just to kind of see how things shake out. But... I know that a lot of people have earned a lot of money in cryptocurrency, so it is forever on my radar. If you enjoyed this episode, do me a favor, share it with your friends, family members, anyone who you think might be really interested in this topic. As always, you can head to the show notes for all the links to our guest and our episode sponsors, and be sure to follow this podcast in any podcast player you're listening to right now so you can make sure that you never miss an episode. Before we close, I want to give a little shout out to Victoria. Victoria said that she finally moved cross country and she was so excited about it. She listened to the podcast all across the country on her move. And when she got to her new place, she was able to open her very first Roth IRA, put 500 bucks in and start investing. So that is amazing. I'm giving you a huge, huge high five for that. I'll see you back here in a few days for a brand new one. Hey, you. Yes, you. Before you go, we want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money. For all the links, tags, and ads you've heard on today's episode, check out the show notes or go to mmoneypodcast.com, where you'll find more episodes to share with your friends. While you're at it, leave us a review and make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss out on all the money tips and tricks that will take you from a millennial regular to a millennial money expert. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. 
New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. 